1: It's time to talk all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, Dennis Michelson, and Lori Monroe from RacetalkRadio.com. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection
0: on 1057FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Steve Zaki.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, the second hour, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove, Wisconsin, along driven by the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Centers. I'd like to thank them for stepping on board this year. Joining me in studio is Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com. Yeah, I'm still here. Still here. talking. We'll talk a little IndyCar, but before we get to that, we need to get our predictions for the advanced auto care clash tonight at Daytona.
2: The clash. I again. I still feel like I'm being transplanted back to the '90s. And for me to say I'm transplanted back to any era, considering you know my, we have to get at least one I'm young joke in it on the show. So mm-hmm. you know, there's a bush car in the field. It's a Ford now. You know, trying to to get this whole Stuart Haas thing down. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, we had Lori and Dennis make their picks in the last hour, and I was leaning towards Bowman, but I can't bring myself
1: to pull the trigger. Uh, I'm going to go Martin Truex Jr. I'm going to go. Daniel Suarez. Mm. It seems such a NASCAR story line, doesn't it?
2: Uh, see, th- no, I-, I will say we've got the qualifying tomorrow. And usually it's the Daytona 500 oh, pole sitter that yeah. is the big story, not the Bush, uh, sorry, the Clash or right. So I could see Suarez, you know, uh, you know, we've had that the that last few years. We've had Austin Dillon, we've had Danica Patrick, mm-hmm. we had Jeff Gordon, uh, on down the line. You know, it's, it's the Daytona 500 pole sitter. You know, NASCAR, NASCAR likes a good story on, uh, and I think there'd be a, you and know. If works And you get that push all week and you, the other thing too is you have you know guys making his debut he's out of nowhere he's mm-hmm. your champion from last year so um that's uh i would not be surprised uh, to see a little uh, extra extra
1: speed for the modem of the heiress toyota listen to that shameless plug uh, i do like that yeah that is pretty good and of course buddy baker won the first bush clash of February call in 19 19- 80 and that beautiful. Yeah, I wasn't alive. Black and black and silver. Harry Rainier. Was that the great ghost? It was an Oldsmobile. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very good. I'm impressed. Yeah. 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 Buddy Baker.
2: Well, it's like I, I grew up playing the NASCAR Legends game on on PC, you know, and and I, I, yeah. and, and there was the uh you know the Dodge Charger, you yeah. had the the Plymouth Superbird, you know, with the big the big old the wings best on the was back.
1: Racing those huge cars at oh. Bowman Gray Stadium. That was good. That in Riverside. Really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like a road. It was kind of
2: tough though. That, that's what's that's what great about yeah. it, you know. It's like the lean was so bad on mm-hmm. the on the you know the left-handers. I'm How about right? there.
1: Papyrus IndyCar. Yep. Grew up on that yeah. as well, so
2: that was interesting. DOS programming, yes. I don't even know if half our listeners know what that is. <laughs>
1: Surprised I do. Um, well, believe it or not, back in the '80s when I went to Hamilton High School, we were the uh, we were actually on the internet back in the early '80s. We had uh, there was the internet at that time wasn't anything like it is now, and it was pretty much all DOS programming back then still. And there was a, it was a real prototypical program that they had between our school and several other schools, and it, it was just, it was you could just like texting. The, the amount
2: of hours I wasted playing. IndyCar Racing 2, Grand Prix 2, NASCAR Mm -hmm. Legends, NASCAR 99 Edition, you know, which had, which was like the expansion pack that had all three NASCAR series. It it, it had Cup, it had Bush, it had Trucks. So you could like, and you could mix and match the series on different tracks. You could run Myrtle Beach, you could run Hickory. You know, it it was just, it was, it was so cool. And it it brought you closer to the, uh, the different tracks. You know, we've, we've talked about in the past how, how different, you know, we wish there was differentiation and, and the fact that they've, you know, added the stages now in all three national series, it's like. Okay, if you're gonna try something, you just tried the caution clock last year in trucks. And now that's gone. You know, it's like that was a that was a fun one-year experiment. That's that's no more. So, uh, I, I don't get the homogenization as, as you are of, of putting them all in, in one spot.
1: Um, switching over to IndyCar now, the big news of the last couple of weeks was the end of uh, KV Racing, unfortunately, and uh, we were talking about this a little bit off air, and it's it, it's one of these. It's it's a, it's kind of a sad story of course but it has a happy ending doesn't it
2: It does and it it will um and it's it all kind of ties into a you got to look at recent history first. Then the KV team, Kevin Kalkoven was this out of nowhere San Francisco billionaire that came in in 2003 to rescue Champ Car from it going under. And so it kept a mile afloat, it kept a series afloat. But he also started his, his own team. And him and Jimmy Vassar got together and they went through
1: various iterations, different
2: team names,
1: different team well, now, owners. Now, KV, if I recall, and I'm trying to get this right, didn't that actually you go back though. Prior to the Bettenhausen yes. team, yes,
2: it, it born PacWest. West. It was born out of the Pack West okay. uh, equipment. So Scott Dixon and Oriol Servia were with PacWest. West. Then they folded. Uh, Dixon went to Ganassi. Servia right. went to Pat Patrick's team. Anyway, KV gets started as PK Racing the the prior the next year when Champ Car has this whole new thing. Well, what was HVM? HVM is what Battenhausen. So you're and getting, that went to that became the, uh, that also went away. So that. HVM went into Andretti's team for one car, okay. one of its four deals. But anyway, long, long and short, you of need that, a flow chart. You really do, and trying to keep all the acronyms straight, yes. you know, is is a challenge. Long, uh, long short of it, KV as then KVSH Racing, thanks to another new partner, James mm-hmm. Sully Sullivan, crazy, you know, but really in- interesting, intense young owner brought a lot of new sponsors to the game. They won the Indy 500 with Tony Kanaan in 2013. Right. Really popular win uh, Zanardi was there, Max Pappas was there supporting as a fan. It's just, you know, not a dry eye in the house. And it was, mm-hmm. it was great, but that masked a lot of their financial issues. And it really, the last three years has kind of devolved, evolved, evolved to where last year, they only just barely made the, made the field at the last minute before Phoenix. Like they were, they were within a stone's throw of not making it last year. So, Throughout this year, there were rumors that hey, it might be the end of the road for them. What's going to happen? Is there really the the necessary finances coming in? Bourdais, who is notorious for not wanting to be in the wrong position at the wrong time, made the early jump. He's like, well, I see this. I see where this is heading. Yep. It's an iceberg, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find the lifeboat. And he found one in Dale Coin Racing. And go figure, IndyCar's ultimate survivor, Dale Coin Racing, is now the last team that came over from Champ Car in 2008 that is still standing almost 10 years later. I,
1: I heard one of the fun could be contrived as an insult but it actually if you understand what i understand where this was in the comments section on one of the websites said dale Dale coin racing was a cockroach (laughs) and he goes but i mean that in a good way because meaning that they're a survivor and i understand where he's getting from because dale coin racing uh with dale coin you know his his ties to IndyCar date back to 1984, and I remember when he showed up at at, at Elkhart Lake and an ex-Newman Haas Lola with a stock-block Chevy, and this was at the end. I mean, that's, the stock-block component of IndyCar racing probably peaked in 1981 where you got Mike Mosley winning at Milwaukee for, for Dan Gurney. But there was other iterations of uh, of teams, where you could be, you know, you you could be competitive, and there were some other programs that they tried and and whatnot. But by by about 84, 85, it was really, you know, I mean, it was a way to get into the field, basically. And Dale Coyne, you know, did that, and this is a guy. I mean, we're talking like about three guys on the team, and Dale Coyne was the driver at that point uh, from just over the border uh, in in Illinois and you know you think okay this is a kind of a cool deal you know there he is you know about 4 seconds behind the, the field running at Elkhart Lake and blah 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 and he gets kept on showing on and then he went through the you know pay drivers and he received a lot of criticism for it but he was way for him this the to the, stay the, difference, the
2: difference the difference with him is that he was doing the pay driver i guess we'll call it model before it became a necessity mm-hmm. and i think that helped in the long run, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, we didn't look at guys like Michelle Jordan Jr. as a ride buyer at the time, even mm-hmm. though he was, because you had a guy that was an actual ride buyer in the second car, you know, Dennis right. Vitolo, Charlie Nearbrook, whatever. Um, Guido Daco. Guido Daco, I mean, good Lord, I mean, there's there's a list of like 40 guys, but anyway... Long and short of it is, Coin's still here, and the way he's done it is by doing enough outside business to make the race team viable. And so, with KV going away, Coin is now the last of those teams left. Now, for KV, with new with endings comes a likely new beginning. And what we'll see later this year, although it hasn't been directly announced by the team itself, is Yunkos Racing, which is a longtime time Indy Lights, uh, Road Indy Pro Mazda team. Uh, they've won championships, they will step up to IndyCar uh, at a point to be determined, but very likely in May. So uh, that's, that's a good thing the details of kind of how it's all been formulated. It's been percolating, I think is a good way of putting it. And I think once, once Ricardo and the team are able to kind of tell how it's come together, then there'll be more, uh, more good news. But, but the bottom line is IndyCar needs new team owners. They need to replace so many of the teams that have been lost over the last decade. There's been more than 12 in, you know, five or six champ car teams, five or six Car teams, and you have a 21 car field that is comprised 12 of them with three teams. Yeah. So uh, that's just simply not, uh, it. you know, credit to those teams for stepping up and, and helping add other cars, you know, and, and more power to them if you want to, you want to be with one of the best teams. But longer term, especially when all three of them are not exactly, you know, that young, you need to get new blood
1: into the series. Exactly. And uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Of course, Unco's Racing also built a a large facility off of Main Street in Speedway. And if if anybody's been down to that Speedway section in Speedway, Indiana, by the track, by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it's gone through an awesome transformation and is kind of would rival almost our water street here uh, with uh, a lot of uh, establishments there for, for for. Fans to go after the races and whatnot. It's really tied in, and it really connects the
2: city of and the business to the to the community and to the the, the racetrack. I mean, it's not just the you, you go by the speedway and it's this giant giant track dropped in the middle of this neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know. But then you go five two minutes, five minutes off that, and there's all this business right there, which is which is really cool.
1: Uh, we'll talk a little more indie racing uh, coming up after the break. Here, uh, you've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with driven by the Milwaukee area and Apple Auto Care Centers on the fan Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lake Dragway in Union Grove, driven by the Milwaukee and Apple Auto Care Centers. We appreciate them coming on uh, with us this year, and uh, in studio with us is Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com. Tony, what's what's happening at that website?
2: Uh, we're starting to get into season preview mode, where once uh, we're just a little over little now under a month out before the IndyCar season starts back up at St. Petersburg. We come back uh, with uh, NBCSN coverage on April 9th at Long Beach, a race that I know I'll be at and you usually tend to be, which is mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, and then F1 starts in a little over a month at uh, Melbourne with the Australian Grand Prix, but uh, next week is launches and uh, all the testing starts up. So it should be, should be a busy next couple weeks. This is always kind of my favorite time of year when you've been trying to fill content for five or six months, and all of a sudden now, finally, boom, it, it hits. And uh, so, uh, yeah, NBCSports.com slash motors, and that's where all the goodness and all the uh, effusive typing of words will be posted.
1: And I hope we don't have too many black and silver cars this year.
2: Oh, gosh. I... That was the thing that annoyed me about the IndyCar test, almost more than anything else. None of the liveries pop at all. They really? are They are just devoid of color, passion, sponsors. It's just like, and I know there's sponsors there. I know mm-hmm. there's plenty that are going. I mean, you know, there's a lot of credit. There's Menards, there's DHL, there's HH Greg Napa. Um, but there was one very noticeable absent yeah. well, uh,
1: car. Somebody <laughs> tweeted a photo of uh, Scott Dixon at fontana circa the 2001 with the aforementioned uh, yes. back west car uh john orvitz um veteran yeah. veteran motorsports yep. and uh and and he goes yep yeah, there here it is and it was kind of a sponsor free car at that point and uh a gorgeous car though love that car but um and and un- unfortunately uh I joked off air that it was a virgin, virgin white driver's suit and car, wasn't it? Uh, He was running. Not
2: not only that, so I'm I'm with my dad, right? And I just have a you know standard white you know T-shirt on. I says, hey, I've got the Scott Dixon fan club, you know, (laughs) official official gear on for this year. You know, it was just I I tell you, it it was the weirdest thing because Scott Dixon and and I wrote about this this week because I had a chat with him. You think about his accomplishments. You know, he's won four championships. He's won the fourth most races ever. He's an Indy 500 winner. Great dad, great family with Emma and the two girls, you know, Poppy and Tilly. And yet here he is three weeks before. It, think of like LeBron James without Nike, for example, or, you know, similar stick and ball, you know, Aaron Rodgers without Ford trucks or State right. Farm. It just it's so wrong that like, you know, one of the best guys in the industry. It doesn't matter that there's probably go, there's Going to be something on the car at St. Pete from an optics standpoint, that was one of the biggest talking points at the test was, OK, here's this blank white car. And then naturally, which was kind of a nice contrast, Mikhail Oyshin, the mad Russian, had an mm-hmm. all black car. So he actually looked like the villain. And I'm like, please stay all black because that would fit perfectly yeah. for him. And he's yet the nicest dude who's like, right. you know, got the villain aspect to him. And it, the other thing that was was interesting with Dixon and the Ganassi guys, and I, I spoke to a crew member on this, but they had just these plain red uh, crew shirts, polo shirts. And the reason they had that was... Because not only have they changed sponsors, but they've changed manufacturers. They've gone from Chevrolet over to Honda. So now they keep in mind that that means a whole new refurbishment of all their gear and everything has Chevy on it. So you can't show up at a test wearing Chevy gear when you're running Honda. So it's like, you know, here's this group of crew guys come to credentials and they've got this red, uh, these red polo shirts on. And they're trying to say, yeah, we're with the team. What do you mean we're with the team? It's like, we have these unbranded shirts because we have to. (laughs) We just need to get in to service the car so it can actually run.
1: Well, it will be interesting to see if if Honda does step up, uh, such as Ford has done with Danica and NASCAR or for a few races, you know, I'm sure Ganassi will be able to cobble up something. They'll, they'll be fine. I yeah. think the,
2: I think the thing, the bigger thing with Honda is Honda has 13 cars and Chevrolet only has eight. So Honda's resources are spread a lot thinner because mm-hmm. they're so deep in the field. Now there's four Ganassi's, there's four Andretti's, uh, Dale Coyne, who we think can do well this year with their lineup as two cars. Uh, I know I'm missing a couple Ray Hall has Honda and I'm uh, Schmidt, I, I believe, is the the other one. So there's 13 cars right there. And, and then the one that switched to Chevy was... was Foyt. Foyt, right. So with, with two new drivers. Two new drivers, one new engineer, or I think two new engineers, but I, I could be wrong on that. For sure, one, Will Phillips, who's a former IndyCar yep. technical head, is now uh, the race engineer for Carlos Munoz. And they're trying to relearn the other way with setups. You know, it's like at least Ganassi and Honda have a history, but... Um, and as recently as four years ago, even though it's a different car and now it's all aero setups as opposed to the, the, the base chassis and stuff. Whereas Foyt, the last time they ran Chevys was 2005. So this is a completely new thing for them where they, they have nothing, no past uh, past setup background.
1: And it should be interesting because it, oh, it's kind of interesting that, that basically Andretti and Foyt basically switched drivers mm-hmm. with Sato going over Andretti and then Munoz going right. over to Foyt. And then the second Foyt car is to American Conner Connor Daly. Daly, right? Which with is, um, a different number, different
2: number. number. Uh, good, good choice on his part. He's going with the number four. That car had been forty one in the past, and he's going with four. Should have been eighty four, but I'm a weirdo. <laughs> four, four, or forty eight would have been the other choice, but uh, he went with four for to match AJ's number of wins and to match Doug Bowles, who was a former partner in the Panther team. Oh, yeah, was number four uh, okay. for that. So, so it's was kind it wasn't because.
1: It wasn't because Joe Leonard ran at number 4 in 1967. Huh? Darn it. Neither Connor nor I were alive in 1967. <laughs> we were, We were. yeah. So. I was very young. I don't remember that, but I've seen photos. So.
2: Yeah, so um, lots of intrigue. I mean, with, with the kits being frozen this year, the, the driver changes and the manufacturer switches are the big stories. And it's, it's so cool for IndyCar to actually have – not any major series changes or right. leadership drama or sponsor drama or something that, you know, a, you know, your classic international race falling off the schedule exactly. two weeks before the season starts. You know, something, it, it's completely devoid of that. And you, you talk to Jay Fry, you talk to the people in the paddock, and the, the atmosphere is just so high right now where it's like, you know, the fact we can just have two, you know, pretty much standard oval testing days, you know, it was just surprising. That the surprise was that there were accidents, so.
1: The question is, and this has been a rumor it has been out there for a while, and and IndyCar is actively searching for that that elusive third manufacturer. Are we going to mm-hmm. see that in twenty twenty? I would hope. I would hope so. I mean, I think
2: the the now earliest timeline would be twenty nineteen. I mean, if you are going to try to get to twenty eighteen, you'd have to have something close to built so that right. it could be track tested by middle of seventeen. So, but the um, the new the, the new, total the, new car is the new car is next. That will be close to being finalized I would say by St. Pete without fully giving it away I think we'll have a better understanding than the initial renderings which came out at the Detroit Auto Show a few weeks ago uh so that's that's the next priority and then once they get to that then you can go to the manufacturer step
1: and some of the some of the changes it's a little retro and one of the big changes that a lot of us didn't like was the big airbox
2: yeah and I think that's going away
1: the airbox is going away thankfully and that was one of the complaints uh when, when this new car came out, the DW12 was that airbox retained. Mm-hmm. But uh, they said why, and we understand that, but now we're going to move in a different direction. It's time for a break, bottom of the hour. It's going to be a sports flash here with Brendan in just a moment, and then uh, after the sports flash and some messages, we'll have Eddie Lapine from Racing Nation. We'll talk a little more, uh, maybe a little more open-wheel stuff. We'll get into some Formula One, and then we'll also do some Rolex 24 IMSA racing. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show Brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in New New Grove, driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, and driven by the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Centers. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from Racing Nation. Eddie, welcome to the inaugural show, not the inaugural show, but the first show of first the year. First show of the new year. Of the new oh, year. Oh,
0: well, it's good to hear from you guys, and it's uh, good to be back this year.
1: It's a lot to, lot to talk about. Of course, we were talking uh, NASCAR in the first hour, and we were talking about some IndyCar uh, with Tony DeZeno, who's joining me in studio uh, today. And, uh, of course, we were talking about Dale Coyne Racing, who I, I think is, is going to win a race this year. What's your opinion on, on Dale Coyne Racing, Eddie?
0: Well, like you guys were talking about, uh, Dale has been around a long time, and he's, he's done it, – it's good to see someone – with the budget that he has going up against the so-called Goliaths of the sport. I mean, uh, he's got Sebastian Bourdais moving over there this year to join him is Craig Hampson, who was his crew chief at uh, Newman Haas when he won four championships. And uh, it's going to be them reunited again. And I think it's going to be good for the whole team and, I think I think you're right. They are going to win a race, if not two.
2: I'd say multiple. I think Bordé can yeah. win can win at least twice this year, easily.
0: Well, and I think you're right. If 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 the monkey gets off his back early enough, you know, if they can get one right away, maybe Long Beach or something like that, I, I think you're going to see multiple wins. Uh, it could happen that fast. It's a it's it's going to be a good combination, and, and it's. Going to give Penske and you know Andretti a run with uh, Chip.
1: You know, say say what you want with you know and That you know he's not you know he's not the favorite driver to a lot of fans in the stands. But I mean, for the teams, he's been able to align himself with with you know Newman Haas Racing, and then the the situation with Champ Car and, and that and, and and the the difficulties of, of keeping a ride in that series. And being able to align himself with Peugeot and then doing his, his stuff that he's been able to do at Le Mans and, and, and top-rate cars. You well, know, man, he's now really he's, been staying at the well,
0: I mean, and now at Ford, Ford, he just won the 24-hour right. race. Yeah. And he just he won Le Mans last year for Ford. Um, I mean, you're, you're totally right, Steve. Uh, he has aligned himself, and he isn't one of the most popular, uh, but he definitely gets the job done. And he's on good teams. And, you know, I think that's what you're going to see this year.
2: Eddie, I think he's misunderstood a little bit because he's. I think his direct candid not canned interviews, you know, sometimes make him mm-hmm. seem like he's, yeah, exactly. like he's brash or he doesn't care. No, he just doesn't have time for stupid questions. I mean, right. and I think he's I, I it's refreshing, honestly. I think he's one of the best interviews in the series and I think the fact that he has been as versatile as he is, as successful as he is and been been able to overachieve with the lesser teams that he has in IndyCar the last few years. I mean, for goodness sake, he got podiums with Dragon Racing, which couldn't get out of its own way most of its tenure, and then you know he won with KV, and now with Coin, he's probably going to lift that team higher than it should be, again.
0: Oh, I think, and coin has got the potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, when Mike Conway went there and won Long Beach on a one-off, I mean, you know, Dale's got the things to make them win. He's a very good strategist, and uh, you're going to see that this year, definitely.
1: Yeah, we saw that in Houston, yeah, Conway
2: Conway managed to win for for uh, Coin and Carpenter. I mean, but but yeah, I mean, goodness gracious, Carlos Huertas. I don't, I think was actually the Colombian Stig. I don't know if anyone's ever seen him in person. <laughs> knows what he looks like. Knows what he sounds like. And somehow he's an IndyCar winner. He, he only has one less win than Marco.
1: You know, and Marco's been around yeah. twelve years. So that's a good point. So switching gears now. <laughs> <though, the, laughs> s- switching gears of Formula One. Unfortunately, the Manor Racing team, which seemed to be you know making some hay here in the last couple of years, and Finally, kind of getting you know not running last all the time, but I mean at least making some progress. Uh, unfortunately, had to close its doors, and it's certainly a sad situ- situation. And and it it's basically in in part because a Sauber racing team, isn't it, Eddie?
0: Yeah, and I mean that's the problem you're seeing in F1 right now. I mean the cost factor. Uh, just to put a car on the grid is, is just astronomical. Tony knows the numbers on that stuff, but uh it, it's just crazy. And and if you don't get paying drivers to bring a 40 or 50 million dollar sponsorship uh where you could run 10 years in NASCAR, uh, people don't realize and that's just to run to make the grid, you know. So and and their driver at saw, Solver saw past Pasquale uh, Verline uh, might be missing some races because of his injury at the race of champion. Yeah,
2: he'll for sure, and, and you were down there, Eddie, so you would have seen that, but um, he's uh, he's for sure out the first test, possibly the second one, depending on if his recovery uh, doesn't come around in time. I think, you know, seeing Manners' plight, and, and it was initially, it was a cost-cap-entered team, but it went You know, we talked about KV going through various iterations. Manor itself was entered as Virgin. It was Marussia at one point. It was Manor, and then it became Manor again. Uh, It shows how difficult it is to make it, and I think also shows uh, what a team like Haas did last year, the fact that they combined with Ferrari from a technical standpoint and Delar from a chassis standpoint to help produce as many Outside components as as they could, I think that speaks volumes of kind of the way to do it for 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 younger teams. That being said, I, I think it's disappointing uh, more for the staff. I mean, that's 200 people that you know all of a sudden lost their lost their gig right before the year went. So I mean, you know, drivers are rotation, but uh, a lot of the crew guys, that's that's a lot of a lot fewer places for them to go uh, in in that echelon.
1: Yeah, yeah then, I mean, well, I was gonna go say ahead. moving on to uh, the the big the big news, I mean, we really shouldn't shy away from this, but Bernie Ecclestone is no oh, longer a, a head of, you know, and, and Bernie gets a lot of criticism and especially over the last few years, that maybe it's more about enriching his pockets or whatnot, but me being a big safety advocate, uh, you know, what he was when he came into Formula One on, on, on that side, on the management side, that was one of the first things he did was to, hired uh dr sid watkins and and really step up the medical side, which was so embarrassingly uh awful in Formula One dating you know just even dating to as new as nineteen seventy eight with what what happened with Ronnie Peterson and that was just ridiculous and and then there's other stuff if you there's a couple of really really good racing documentaries out there uh that 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 kind of deal with the safety of f1 and how awful it was back in those days. Uh, compared to over here in the states, and I, you know, you got to give credit for him lifting up Formula One from from where it was. I mean, let's face it: the reason why the Can-Am series was so successful in the United States in the 1960s and 70s was because the Formula One drivers were coming over here and racing it because they could make more money. And that sounds it, it's it's such a head scratcher to many new fans nowadays that you know, they were coming over here making more money because they weren't making the money in that Formula One back then. And Eddie, what, what's, what's some of your uh, comments on that regarding Bernie Ecclestone?
0: Well, you're right. I, I think Bernie's still going to be uh, a shadow, and I think he's still going to be a factor somehow. I don't think his hands are fully going to be lifted from Formula One. He has definitely, uh, I mean, he's controlled it for so many years, and he's done a lot of amazing things with it. I mean, he's it, it, built an empire that, you know, people, it's the biggest, uh, you know, watched and marketing and sponsors and you could just make, write a book about it and I'm sure there will be a book and a movie about it. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, he is an amazing guy. And getting back to, like you said, when they used to race back then, I was just with Brian Redman, and he was telling me that he was getting paid $500 a race to ride, drive the 962 Porsche, and, you know, yeah, it's I mean the 917. Right. That's what he was getting paid, the so 917 back then. And now these guys, they won't even sit down and do a signing for $500. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it's, we're coming up on a sports break. What we'll do, we'll, we'll fu- finish up on a... Uh, formula one after a break we'll talk a little bit about the rolex 24 and INSA after the break you've been listening to the legendary the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary great lakes Ragway and union grove and driven by the milwaukee area napa auto care centers on the fan is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki, Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Oh. Welcome back to the Final Inspection show. Joining me in studios, is Tony DeZino, NBCSports.com, and on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, Eddie Lepine from RacingNation.com. And talking about Formula One, I guess let's just finish it up with this. Does anybody have anything for Mercedes this year?
0: Tony, you answer first.
1: I pray Red
2: Bull does. I don't know if they will. I mean, it's just, you know, that's always the thing with the regulations reset. You don't know what Adrian Newey's come up with, but I just don't know if Renault, sorry, tag Hoyer because it's badged. Um, I don't know if they're going to have the power uh, power gains to to offset any any aero gains. Ferrari, nah, no, no.
0: I, I totally agree with Tony. I, I think that I think Red Bull can win a race or two, but it, you know, it's just how it's going to line up. I mean, if Renault gives them or Hoyer gives them what they need, they could possibly be a threat, but maybe one, maybe two, and Ferrari totally. I I just don't have really much faith in what they're going to do this year.
1: I I guess we, we, we really don't know how lucky we were, what, about 2008, huh? I think, was it 2008 where things, when uh, we had about a whole bunch of winners uh, in 2009? Did, no, it was it was crazy, right? So I did this, like, I, I thought about it. There,
2: there's a lot of anniversaries this year, and we'll, we'll pepper them in. But 2012, there were seven winners in seven races from five different teams to start the year. There you go. And we have not had more than four winners in a season since. Ouch. So that in one stat, that sums up how crazy the Mercedes domination's been.
1: And then, of course, three weeks ago, Jeff Gordon was your winner along with the Taylor boys and Mad Max at, at the Rolex 24 and you guys were down there. What are, give me some, uh, so paint, paint that picture for our listeners. Well,
0: please. let's paint the picture real quick. It was a 24 hour race and it rained 14 hours. Uh, it was, it was cold. Amazing. It was cold and it was uh, wet. It was, more, it was wet. It was more amazing that the attrition wasn't as high yeah. as you would think it was. Um, uh, because I, I've with the coldness, the tire problems, and drivers really stuck to it. And it kind of was an exciting race considering that they had all that weather conditions to Factor in. And it was a good
1: strong field too. Yeah. I mean, how many total cars was it? Uh,
2: yeah. It was 55 cars, 17 combined prototypes, 12 of the new uh, DPI P2 cars, five of the old PC cars, and then just stacked into the GT classes. Um, just Ferrari, BMW, Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini, Corvette, BMW. Uh, lexus and Acura debuting their new cars mercedes was there i mean good lord Uh, it was just a cornucopia of goodness within the gt classes so um credit to everybody i mean i I thought the driving standards were pretty high and when we finally got down to the one controversial moment right at the end it was just in my view it was just two guys going for the win at the end of it Uh, um and 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 eddie i'm not sure if you share the same but it's like what do you expect i mean are you gonna sit for second you know when you've come second four years in a row it ain't happening
0: well i totally and you know my view on the thing was is that he left the door open and you can tell when he saw the door was open he put his he closed it real quick and taylor was already there and it was a racing incident it could only be a racing incident he closed the door he had the option to leave that there and you know i it just you know that's why it happened, and there was really—I didn't think there was much controversy. I think there was only one decision to be made with that. Well, racing incident.
1: It certainly was. And Eddie, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show today for the first one of the year. I think had a lot of fun, especially with Tony joining us uh, in studio here, and then Lori Monroe and Dennis Michelson with on the, uh, on the first hour with their NASCAR news. A lot of fun uh what, what's coming well, up next racing nation eddie Lebine?
0: well we're going to be posting a story uh about sebring and the test is this week sebring mm-hmm. is in a few weeks it's everything is you know getting going now it's full summer racing down in florida right now
2: the wind the winter racing capital of the world no yeah, question and uh Tony, what's coming up on NBC Sports? Uh, Yeah, we say uh, we've got the testing and launches for F1 next week, so look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, then before we know it, it'll be March. I love Uh,
1: March. Should be a lot of fun. And then next week, of course, we'll have our Daytona 500 preview. Looking forward to that, the Super Bowl of stock car racing, and uh, we'll talk more with Dennis on that next week. You've been listening to The Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and driven by the Milwaukee area Napa Auto Care Centers.